0: Samson, you're going to be exploring a little bit of Dilly's backstory in the Session Zero. Are you excited? Nervous. Just because I don't know what you're going to do to me and that I'm going to have to deal with in the future. I don't know why you would think that would happen. Just a thought, just a premonition. What we're going to do is we're going to do things a little bit differently than we do in the normal game, although you're familiar with some of this from the past. We're going to do something a little different. Instead of doing dice rolls, we're going to borrow a mechanic from Invisible Sun. And that is the Sooth deck, um, which you probably remember is a sort of tarot-like deck that kind of governs what happens. Invisible Sun uses them for side scenes. So for things where it should be normally a roll, or if there's a moment where we either you or I feel like we need guidance in the story as we're telling it here, I will draw a card. I will look up its meaning, and based off of that interpretation, we'll adjust the scene. Sounds good. Is anything like the actual game of Vizzle's Son I played with you? It's going to be super creepy how well it fits to the moment. Yeah, it seems to. It seems to. What's a good starting place for Dilly? So just to give a little bit of context, Dilly was working on a project, and we are coming in right as he is in quotation marks, finished the project. So I was imagining like some dark alley, like quiet sounds, like some cat like runs off in the distance and then all of a sudden a door bursts open and Dilly like runs out like, Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry till they get to the shop. And then he, I think starts booking it down the alleyway. Okay. How far away are you from your shop? Um, so, I was imagining that partway through this project, the uh, centerpiece of the project kind of had to get moved to um, this organization's like facility rather than my own. So, I'm thinking that that was probably like in a poor district, not because of mm-hmm. lack of money, but just lack of oversight that would allow this project to continue. And then I think Dilly's shop would be... Kind of closer to university property where the like artists and other artificers collect and interact with each other. Okay, so you've probably got a decent run mm-hmm. ahead of you. And uh and Dilly is running through the hall uh, through the alleys. Yeah, he is uh well <laughs> yeah, running. So you've just turned in the centerpiece and now you're running. Yes. Okay. So let's draw a card to see What the situation is. Okay, so I drew Monarch. Uh Uh-oh. Notions, Cats, Clocks, and Wind. If one is going against the status quo, this card turn is likely very unwanted. It signifies that the powers that be get involved. If that isn't the case, then this card may suggest the aid or the thanks of those above the person in question. This card can be a blessing or a reward. But there is judgment involved, and should one be found wanting, punishment is the result. In a broader sense, the monarch represents the entire world, and thus can simply be an indicator of the immensity of the task. So that does not sound great for Dilly's initial escape. It sounds so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I think probably what this means is it takes almost no time at all for them to either one- have realized that you're running away <laughs> or two realize that the goods are not as expected and are already on their way to find out what's going on or both yeah so i'm going to say this dilly you are running through the alleys you you know you 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 pass the cats you pass the rats or what you would think of as rats here And uh, as you're rushing along and, you know, your heart is like pounding in your ears because Dilly is not in shape. You know, you're probably wheezing a bit. (laughs) And, but, you know, you're running, you feel like you are doing pretty well and you start, you reach the right neighborhood, you're going there. And then you come to a sudden stop at the end of the alley because across the way, At the front of your store, you see Aces and Deuces looking in the window. Oh, shit. What do Aces and Deuces look like? Mm. So I had originally thought of them as an evil Timon and Pumbaa. So I'm Mm. thinking Aces is, like, kind of skinny, kind of wiry, kind of... You look like if you touched him, you'd need, like... uh, you get like hepatitis or something like he looks (laughs) gross and sharp and he's got that fucking like smirk smile. Like, yeah, I don't know. And then deuces Mm. is big round kind of looks like, um, Oh, the big pig guy from overwatch. I can't remember his name, but big kind of fat, but probably hiding like a surprising amount of muscle under there. Imagine Ace has like a greasy comb over. Deuces is just kind of, like, bald and hairless or whatever. Okay. Okay. And I would say maybe the first thing that tipped you off that you should be suspicious about the job you were working is that Asidra, the nano who hired you, was often accompanied by aces and deuces. And it was them that threw off your sense of this being in any way a proper deal or a proper project. Mm -hmm. So... You recognize them and they are clearly outside your shop mm-hmm. and looking in the window. Aces motions to Deuces to check the street. And so Deuces kind of turns with the back to the store and just starts looking up and down the street. And Aces continues to peer in through the window and he takes out a small device made of gray synth. And he touches it up to the front window. And you see light begin to go up and down. It almost like splays out a strange grid inside your shop. And then you see Aces hold up his hand. And in his hand appears a 3D representation of your shop. And he starts spinning it around in his hand, looking around there. What does Dilly do? Well, one, have they seen, or has Deuces at least seen me? Well, that's a good question. We could draw a card. Okay. You asked the question. Oh. <laughs> so let's see here. Okay, we have the Relentless Rumor. Cool. Hmm. Suggests an ongoing action. If one is hoping for resolution, there's none to be found here. It also indicates. That there's something involved, a fact, a person, a device, a spell that cannot be entirely relied upon. You don't think Deuce is a senior. Okay. He seems to just be kind of looking casually back and forth. He's not casual. He's looking, but he hasn't like locked on you or anything like that. Like when his head turns, his eyes kind of like pass over the alley that you're currently hiding in. And seems to continue down the road, (laughs) and Aces is continuing to flip through there, and you can actually see him using like different hand gestures to expand the shop, and he's really seeing all sorts of nooks and crannies, including your one, or at least one of your, you know, safes for lack of a better word, where you stash things. If he's looking at that, where in the shop would it be? Uh where would you put that in a medievalish time with super science? I think Dilly would have gotten the idea to I guess have two safes, one for like one for show, one for like actually keeping stuff safe, and the super secret one would be like under an oven or under mm-hmm. a similar thing that rights would have. A destabilizer, a sewing machine. I don't know. Okay. You see Ace's kind of sweep over and he sees that, you know, that false one. And he only looks at it for a minute before he kind of like smirks and spins the image a little bit more. And then you see him zooming in under the oven. Uh Oh. What does Dilly keep in there? What precious items will you let me have? one i think is going to be the ashes of his former master the man he apprenticed under mm-hmm. okay additionally there's also going to be i think the equivalent of like platinum from like dungeons and dragons out if mm-hmm. there's like a super shin but some currency that's consolidated his wealth not really maybe less it could be shins if you just want currency mm-hmm. however something that is sort of beyond currency could be stashes of IO and IOTM of different types. Okay. Then I think also in the, then in the safe is going to be like rare kinds of IO, like mm-hmm. stuff you can't really find without being super rich or being super criminal. Yeah. Or just being an explorer who goes and finds that stuff, but that's not daily. That is not <laughs> dealing yet. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and so this is the stuff that would be like it it's the stuff you wouldn't carry around with you. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Aces kind of uh makes a little whistle sound and Deuces kind of turns and you see him pointing at the safe and he's like I Think uh I think there's something worth checking out in there? And Deuces just says, Don't know <laughs> He's and Aces, Well, I think we should go in just get that thing out. You think you could rip it out of there? Deuces looks at it, reaches out a huge finger, touches it, kind of spins it a little bit. He's like, "Yeah, like okay, well, let's get going." All right. So here's the question. Now, Aces is moving to unlock, pick essentially the lock of your your shop door. It's clear he's going in there. So, what is Dilly's plan going to be? All right. So, Dilly is going to like take a deep breath, and then pop out of the alleyway, and then I guess try to like fake a scream, like "Oh, I didn't realize this," or something like that, like "Ah," and then wait a second to see they turn to see if they turn around, then run back into the alleyway. I, I have a plan. I hope. Okay. A- Aces kind of looks up at deuces and says. Okay, I owe you two shins. And you hear Deuces say, Told you he'd be in the alley. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hope Deuces is the smart one. That'd be funny. (laughs) And Asus says, He's still out there? And Deuces kind of looks up, turns around a couple times, says, Yeah, I can hear his heart beating. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, is he scared? I am now. Sorry. Just <laughs> says, yeah, he's, uh, his heart's beating, him, beating faster than one of those hopping mole rats. Aces says, Oh, yeah. Those were delicious. Anyway, uh, yeah. So what do you think? Deuces goes, usual. Aces smiles and you see him move his hand around in a couple of ways and you see like these, this sort of flowing um, energy as he forms like what seems to be some sort of cloud of fire and smoke, but there's no smell of smoke or anything like that. When uh, that smoke clears, you don't see them. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Until he's going to run back down the alley. Anyway. Okay. Running back towards your shop or not? Um, running back down the alley that he had just popped out from. So he's going he's uh, retreating his steps a bit. Okay. So he's going away from the shop. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you are running. Now they were on to you mm-hmm. um, because of the last card pull. You get to like the next intersection of the alley, and you're kind of cruising on. I assume you're retracing your steps, so you're going straight, unless you're going to deviate in any place. I think so. How, how what's how cluttered are the alleyways that Dilly is passing? Well, you're not really in a bad part of town. You're sort of in the art district and there's merchants and things like that. Like there's some trash, but in general, like in our version of Charmond, there are these little clockwork creatures called cog couriers <laughs> and they go around and they can deliver messages. They also spend time tidying up areas. There's a limited resource of them. So they actually are only in certain neighborhoods. So for example, in the bad neighborhoods of Charmont, one of the reasons why it's in such bad shape is that nobody actually dispatches cog couriers there anymore because there aren't enough of them to hit that part of town. And so this area is usually pretty clean. Like, you know, you guys don't get like cog courier visits as often as some neighborhoods, but it's often enough that there's space. There's this isn't too bad. And Charmonde is a big city and your district, your wards were kind of established Around the time they started figuring out how to plan for space. Okay. Let me check an ability to see if I can... Well, first I need to know, are you deviating or are you just going straight? I am going to deviate away from where I expect uh, Aces and Deuces to be following. Because I think Dilly realized, oh shit, they're invisible. Likely is split up, but they still need to, I guess, encompass him. So, I think he will deviate, but he's still going to deviate away from uh, where he first saw aces and deuces. Okay. So, you deviate to the right. You're going down down the way. You're running as hard as Dilly can run. Mm -hmm. Probably still trying not to cry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you see, like, in the the next alley ahead of you, some shape kind of slink off the wall. And Aces says, Dilly, what's the rush? Just want to have a talk with you. Oh, shit. I guess (laughs) Dilly will fall for this. He'll see Aces, I think. Mm -hmm. And then kind of skid and then try to run the other way to where I suspect Deuces is going to be. It could be. Let's let's actually draw a card to figure out how well in position they are. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen this car before. Driver. Okay. The driver indicates an upcoming trip. It suggests that speed is important, but most of all it says that one should keep moving forward. Ostensibly forward means towards one's goal. But there there's an impetuousness to the driver that suggests, at least sometimes that The best way to get to where one's going might not be straight toward it. The driver moves in quick turns to get around obstacles and befuddle those who try to follow her. Okay, so I think what happens is you go back that way, and sure enough, there is Deuces, but you manage to, with a skill that shocks you, but you're riding high on adrenaline, you manage to duck right under Deuces' reach and get past it. Okay. I imagine... Because you said uh, skills can flavor this. It's not so much Mm -hmm. a speed thing as so much that he uses as a minor illusion to kind of create one duplicate of himself. I think one that's... If Diuses were to look at it, yes, that's obviously an illusion, but at that moment, it was enough to give Dilly enough clearance to get under his arms or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, he was off-put enough by it that he... Made the wrong call about which where to reach for, so yeah, you dodge past it, and you hear uh, as you're going and running, you hear Deuce's like deep voice, and his voice is very resonant. So it's like you suspect it would feel the same, even if he was farther away. He feels like resonant, like right behind you. And as Deuce has said, "Running's not a good idea, Dilly." <laughs> Under his breath, I know that's why I never did it. Oh God. <sighs> <laughs> um, Ace is calling from behind Deuces and, and saying, "I thought they said this guy was smart. That's smart enough." Um, Okay. How prevalent are the cog men helpers things? If they're around, they're 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 fairly, but like they kind of rotate the neighborhoods. Like so, the well-to-do neighborhoods. Are definitely tended far more often, like and the slums are barely touched at all. You guys are in a sort of a merchant district, so you know, you're a little bit it's a little bit better than what like say like the quote unquote middle class get Mm -hmm. in their residences. Around the residences, but it's still fairly well taken care of. Okay. We could we could draw a card to see if there's one around, if that's your your question. Kind of. Uh Dilly wants to, I guess Run far enough away to like turn a corner and then see if he could find one. Just kind of a around. Okay. The devil. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is most often a sign of danger, but its interpretation can focus on the devil's tools than his aims charm, persuasion, honey, I mean words. But beware of the insincerity of such things and the lies they conceal. It could also represent the lure of seduction, whether it's either literally or figuratively in the seduction of evil. Making easy choices can be seductive, but that way lies real danger. I don't... You see a cog, courier. What I do think you see, unexpectedly, um, walking down the way, and I'm gonna ask you to describe it in a moment, but she's quite dramatic. And she's walking down the alleyway, just casually in your direction. What does Asidra look like? Oh shit! Um, what does Asidra look like? Make sure she looks cool. <laughs> she looks like a butt. <laughs> um, Asidra kind of looks like a female version of T1000 from T2, or at least that actor. So like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Clean yeah. cut, short hair. I don't want to say like those cold, aggressive eyes the actor had, but there's definitely like a matter of factness. There's not a whole lot of emotion. But, yeah, exactly. But there is reaction to it, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then high cheekbones, relatively mm-hmm. tall. Mm hmm. And I'm going to say um, sort of around her head in certain places are, you know, essentially bits of Numenera like that she's had grafted onto her body perhaps by a right like yourself or someone else or perhaps one of her own experiments or perhaps an encounter with some other Numenera device, but you know, it's those things it's definitely, you've never actually been able to define like what their purpose is but you suspect that you know, as a nano, she probably draws some of her power from them. As she's walking towards you, she says, Dilly, 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 stop. You're, you're smarter than this. Running around is not going to help you. What you need to do is talk to me. I don't get a sense that that's going to really help. So, I would like to leave and then Dilly's gonna I think make for the closest alleyway nearest alleyway you dive down that alleyway Mm -hmm. and you're running and then you smack face first into a wall that you didn't see there shit and you look over and on the wall you can see a small cypher gleaming on the other side of that field And then you hear steps behind you at the salley's entrance. Okay. Okay. So I'd like to do is, I imagine uh, Dilly has like kind of his work bag with him, something that he would bring Mm -hmm. from his shop to like his tools or whatever. Yeah, I would say, I would say just so you know, like whatever you had on you at the start of the adventure for equipment the start of the campaign for equipment that's what's in Dilly's back right now oh see I I would say at least the oddities only because the two cyphers seem like just because of uh, what they do I think at this point I've popped the um, or at least at this point in the main story I've popped the still field and then I have another cypher both of them are very good cyphers for something he would have made in reaction mm-hmm. to this running so I don't think he would have had them before mm-hmm. But what I want to do is use a uh, right tool for the job in whatever this context is going to be. So I pull on an iotum, and I think he's going to make a flash bomb, Or as much of a flash bomb as he can make at this point. Mm. So to what end? Dilly's plan. Oh, actually, I probably can't disrupt the cipher. With what I have, you can do nine to service lockpick, small distraction, bang, flash. Okay, can do that. So do you think I could make a right tool for the job in the few seconds I have that could disrupt the cipher that has created this wall? Ooh, mm-hmm. you could, sure. Okay. It'll be a card draw, because one of two things will happen. Either you'll successfully disrupt it or you won't. Sure, okay. yeah. Then Doe's going to try to do that. Okay. We'll draw from the suit deck and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Questing Knight. This card suggests determination is needed for success, but it indicates that such success is within one's grasp, particularly if such a turn of events is just and right. It can also mean that success, still very likely, comes only at the end of a long journey. That's probably the most helpful card I've ever had drawn for me. As yes. far as I'm interpreting it, but I'm not DMing, so. Well, there could there are a couple ways I could interpret it, because the long journey could be that you'll still succeed, but you won't get to, it'll you'll have more stuff to do. Yeah, I'm gonna say that you're determined enough, like you can feel like it's like it's like chills going up your spine. Like you know, that's happening, and you can feel something. You feel this like coldness building, which you don't know exactly what it is. It, the feeling of it is a lot like Isidra. Mm-hmm. but it's it's like she's preparing something. And if there's one thing you know about Nanos, is that they all have the ability to send concussive force at their opponents. Uh Oh. In an onslaught of power. But you manage to stay focused, and you create this device that disrupts the wall. And I assume you're going to take that opportunity to run? Yes. Yes, I will. So, as you run through, you hear that chilling sound of a blast of this force coming out past you but it never reaches you and when you look over your shoulder you see that the cipher that you disrupted you managed to disrupt it but you only disrupted it for a few seconds and it's still running now and its field is what stopped the onslaught from hitting you. Love it. Not so much. Okay. Uh, still running obviously. You do You do hear a voice calling from way behind you. Um, Dilly, this is our city. There's nowhere you can go here that we can't find you. You hear one voice, and it's still pretty far behind you. But it's from up above, like almost as if it's from the top of one of the buildings. And the voice says, Shouldn't have run, Dilly. Now we don't have any other choices when we find you. Okay. And I assume that Dilly just keeps running. Keeps running, but now he's going to have the bright idea to... As much as he can, I think it's going to cause some um, mental trauma if he keeps doing that. Well, no, he's got one edge in intellect. So um, my minor illusion is generally free, usually. So I think Dilly's going to kind of have a perpetual like shadow around him, if he can. Like not making him invisible, but like obscuring him. Kind of like a half shadow, deep shadow kind of look. Are you just putting it around part of you, or are you putting it around all of you? I think around all of me. So, you'll need to be able to see through that shadow, too. Yes. Um, okay, so maybe, like, some eye holes? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is the most terrifying thing for any drunk person (laughs) to happen to water down the alley and see this huge shadowy block with eye holes down low and these frightened eyes (laughs) (laughs) darting back and forth while it wheezes. (laughs) was making this strange sound like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fucking hyper vampires, man. Yeah, no, I get you. So yeah, you keep running and running. And where does Tilly run to? Um, Tilly, I think, is going to think that maybe running back into the poor area, closer to where um, where he thinks this organization's headquarters is, because I think um, where he delivered the package to—that's where he thinks they're based out of. So I. Th- He's thinking if I go closer mm. to the source, they won't expect me over there because I should be running. Mm. So maybe I'll have a better chance. So he's almost retreading his steps, but maybe at one point, at one point, if he feels he has enough distance, do I have to cross the river? Do you think? Mm, no, you won't have to. Or rather, there's there's footbridges that you could use. No, yeah, but there's only six of them, so mm. yeah. I was just going to use that as a marker. Once he crosses the river, once he feels he's gone far enough, he's going to focus more on stealth than uh, speed. Okay. okay. You, you've come to... Its official name was, you know, originally Ward Anna. And it was just part of one of the many wards in Germont. You have no idea what the residents refer to it as. But the Some of the artsy-fartsy types that are in your district often refer to it as the Ward of the Lost. And you're running in here, and this is, a, this is a rough neighborhood. I mean, all the buildings do look in terrible shape. The marble statuary that you usually see everywhere here is cr- in Charmond is crumbling. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people out and about just walking the streets, and there are a lot of people also just laying on the ground in front and clearly like convulsing from some sort of drug that they've just imbibed okay and the whole area smells of sweat just terrible acrid smoke mm-hmm. and desperation um and a little bit of shit naturally um so as he's getting close i think he's going to try to copy it the look of a nearby vagabond. Mhm. Maybe kind of like one more scrunch down to his size, but basically what he can see. Okay. And then he's going to nervously slow down to a walk, maybe like halfway through be like, "Oh, maybe I should maybe I should have a limp and then try to make a limp happen." Just looks like he's more he's not a, he's not an actor, so it doesn't look good. So, does Dilly go anywhere particular here in this Ward of the Lost? Um, I would say that Dilly probably has not spent much time down here. He's probably made the delivery to that warehouse, but I doubt he's really explored anywhere else here. Right, yeah. It's actually probably not safe for somebody of Dilly's stature to really be hanging around down here, especially alone at night. Mm-hmm. I think... As much as there are main roads through a bad neighborhood like this, he's going to stick to them, but he's going to try to find a quieter part of town. Not so much the back alleys, because I think he thinks that they're going to look there first, but he's try to. Get, he's going to try to find a less popular, a less populous area of this shithole, as the locals call it. Okay, let's see what you find. Forgotten Prisoner. I like that first one. Is there really such a thing as justice? The Forgotten Prisoner would say no. The Forgotten Prisoner most likely indicates that one has forgotten something vital, but it can also presage some coming injustice or simply a bit of bad luck. It is not a happy moment to see this card turned. Fuck. They locked him away and forgot about him until he forgot about himself. Well, that sucks. Okay. Um, so this is what I think happens here. Billy, you start heading and you find a, you do find like sort of a less populous area. There's less people out in the streets, but it's quiet, really quiet, quieter than any spot in the city should be. It's dark. There's almost no glow-glows lit. The buildings all look dark. Occasionally, you can see something that looks like a, a flicker moving between rooms, between windows, as if somebody's moving around with some small, either a small glow globe or something else to help them find their way around. But there's not a sound. There's not the sound of vermin. There's not the sound of any other animals in the area. You don't hear people. You, don't, you can't even hear the river from here. It's just dark and empty. And it leads to a circle of buildings and in the center looks like something that would have been a fountain, except it's not spraying up any water. It is instead caked over with a bioluminescent algae, and there's some sort of placard at the bottom of it, but you're too far away to mm-hmm. see. Okay. I don't know if Dilly would think that's atypical, just because he's already in an atypical like moment of his life yeah yeah I mean, I don't know if he would sort of think of it as like the sights let' me put it this way the sights are probably it's probably a little unsettling, but it's not atypical i mean you're yeah. you're in a different place, who knows what it's like right. um and Dilly's kind of timid to begin with. What I will say this though is you've lived in the city almost your whole life. Mm-hmm. it's never this quiet, okay, still trying to make that limp look realistic, he's going to i guess cross this decrepit plaza looking thing. So what it sounds like. Okay. And then I think try to, like this seems too quiet, so he's going to try to get to, I think to the other edge of it as his short term. Okay. Call. Okay. Well, this, this plaza kind of ends, this plaza that you're on kind of ends on this silent cul-de-sac around this fountain. Oh, okay. There are buildings there and things like that, but that beyond that is just, you know, Walls to the edge of the city. Tall walls. Alright, then I think he's going to try to find a hiding place. Like behind a trash can or an emptied crate or a cog courier that got beat to shit years ago. I'm not a cog courier, but you could probably find some sort of trashy Mm -hmm. between the buildings. Although it's, it's very quiet here. There are crates and stuff like that they're still relatively, like, exposed. I mean, you could cast an illusion over it as long as you're going to stay awake. Yeah, I mean, that's the situation. Um, There are some that are in the cul-de-sac. There are are a few that are kind of scattered along the streets, but they're all kind of, like, out in the open. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go to nearby trash heap, change his illusion to add on to that trash heap, so it's a bigger Mm -hmm. trash heap. So you're going to one of the, like on the street you're on or in the cul-de-sac? In the cul-de-sac, yeah. Okay. So you head over to one of them, the cul-de-sac. As you go by, you pass that fountain and you see a placard there that say, says, uh, we dedicate this ward to Anna's memory. And you go past it and you find a trash heap it's kind of actually like between two of these buildings in the cul-de-sac. So it's actually a little bit farther off the street than some of the ones that were there before. Mm -hmm. And you kind of pull down and you put your illusion up and you wait in the silence. You hear motion like someone's shoes scraping against the ground. Can Dilly alter his illusion? such that there's like a little hole kind of close to the ground that you can like peek under to like try to see what's happening mm-hmm. so you go in and do that and you hear that scraping It seems to be coming from sort of out into the left but not that far away mm-hmm. and then you make that hole to look out and as you're looking at the hole and trying to get something you see a foot come down in front of the hole facing perpendicular and the foot is it's a pretty, you know, comfortable boot-looking. It's very flexible, well-maintained, but definitely has some scuffs on it. Um, it's well-used. And you hear this sound from above the foot that's just like... Um, Dilly's minor illusion does sound as well, so... While trying to keep the garbage heap image up, he is going to, I think, try to make, like, a sound, like something like a rat or a rock being um, displaced behind this boot. Something to make this creature turn around. So you're trying to make a second illusion. Can you maintain two illusions at once? Um, doesn't really... It's a little vague. Because my illusions can be sight and sound, but uh, so I figured, like... As long as the trash heap was silent, I could still have that, like, sound slot. That's how I interpreted that, at least. Yeah, I, I think it's probably got to be something more like it's connected, like it's all part of the same okay. work. Dilly doesn't do that then. Mm-hmm. And you hear that sound again. <laughs> okay. And then you hear another scraping sound coming from the right. And you see the foot in front of this hole step back a bit step forward and you hear this like this almost like strange like breathless hiss and then you hear that same sound coming from the other direction behind me or towards the fountain to the right? These are all in front of you. The one to the right is like out of the this little in between spot Mm -hmm. into the right. One is like directly in front of you on the outside of this illusion. Okay. They are interacting in their own way. Alright, so I'm gonna try to use right tool for the job again. This time it is gonna be a flashbang. Okay. Um, so once he has that prepared and he hasn't been eaten yet, you know, I think still trying to maintain his garbage illusion he's going to throw the flashbang up out of the illusion and then run run where I guess that dodge around this creature and then run out of the cul-de-sac or attempt to run out of the cul-de-sac okay let's draw a card imprisoning ice Uh, okay is uh I just said this image of like somebody looking at Zarno is that one good (laughs) (laughs) the very environment holds you fast when you're trapped in the ice Danger lies ahead. This card predicts a coming conflict with dire consequences. The person in question might be imprisoned or otherwise entrapped. Traps, of course, come in many forms. Emotional traps, psychological traps, legal traps. A relationship can be a trap. To escape, one must either act on the warning given by imprisoning ice or succeed in a bitter struggle. So, I think the flashbang goes off. And you're going to make your run. As you are running past, do you try to get a look at these things or do you just keep running? Um, Enough of a look to, I think, know where they are so he can not run at them. But other than that, he's not trying to, like, figure out what they are, what they look like or anything. Okay, okay. So you're just kind of treating them like obstacle shapes. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So as you run past them, you, you do, like, kind of skate past one, But as you're doing that, you feel this burning feeling in your left arm Ah. turning into pain. And you realize that something has clawed you and it hurts Mm -hmm. a lot. So you get past, you hear these like strange groans from behind you. And then you hear these scraping feet doing some sort of like shuffle run behind you it's not as fast as your run but you you can hear them coming and you hear these like these groans behind you and these shuffling feet chasing you down the road and you notice that as you're running more of these houses are starting to light up inside and lights are starting to move towards the windows okay okay I think he's going to shift his illusion back to like kind of that general dark shadow with eye holes for and he's going to be clutching his wounded arm still trying to get out of the cul-de-sac has he done that yet or no? Yeah, you're past the cul-de-sac and you're on the road that the cul-de-sac was at the end. Okay. Of. Incidentally that um, your arm where you got clawed is throbbing right now. Shit. So that's probably not good. The card also has this caption. The ice doesn't need to hurry. You're not going anywhere. Come on! Okay. I wish I made a character with friends. That would have been useful. I can't think of anything Dilly would do except continue to uh, run out of the cul-de-sac and then I think slowly go back to his uh, vagabond disguise and really ham up. No, he doesn't really need to ham it up, but ham up the injury. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely still things coming behind. You. Oh, still? Oh then he's running. No, they they followed you out of the cul-de-sac. They're on the road behind you. Okay. I thought they were shambling. Okay, yeah. They're not super fast, but they are consistent. Like they're not losing ground. Cool. Alright. Um think he's gonna be running at least. Uh yeah, I think just running. Dilly, you're starting to feel dizzy. Yeah. That's why I thought... Uh, I have nothing for that, so... I think... Once Dilly gets to a decent enough distance, he can, like, look at the wound. He's going to get around a corner and then drop his illusion to look at his arm and see what he what he's dealing with. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Before you're going to be able to do that, though, because these things are still going to be tailing, you're going to get dizzier and you're going to notice that it's... Your vision is fuzzing. Uh-oh. And... You're having a hard time. Like you were trying to fake a limp before, but now you're just having a hard time walking in a coordinated fashion. Mm-hmm. Imagine his his illusion has also dropped. Yeah, it has. And Dilly gets maybe past a few more houses. He actually gets to the edge of this road before it started getting all quiet, and then he collapses. And as you collapse, you can see these things the distance coming. They're tall like humans. They're dressed like humans, with the exception of these. The short sleeves reveal this deep gray, like muscular whip snap muscle skin. Like, if you want to think about Iggy Pop, right? Except, like, really dark gray skin Mm -hmm. with long claws and these faces that look like they, you see, like, these human-ish eyes that are like very clearly like as they're coming up behind you you can see like yellow reflections in them like a cat's eyes when it hits light but you see their mouths look like a lamprey's mouth and as your vision fades and goes dark before you completely lose consciousness you just hear these terrible growls and you feel wetness strike your body. And then you're unconscious. Then, after a long period of darkness, you have these dreams. And in this dream, none of it makes sense. I mean, some of it, you see the automaton that you spent so much time building for this project. You see the metal mind that you were asked to install. And even though it's nothing like it, when you see this metal mine, the sphere, like in your dream, at least you can see it like this dark, rusting corruption sliding through it and returning it from a beautiful silver to this red orb with black cracks going through it. And You see yourself trapped in this and you hear this strange sound, this slithering sound. When you look down, you see, you don't see its head or anything like that, but you see the thick body of a snake slowly wrapped around your leg and it's coming up and you can feel it behind you. That head is behind you you could see it but you're also convinced that if you turn and look at it in your dream you're going to die what does Dilly do in this situation in this dream um just his legs right so I think Dilly is hoping that (laughs) despite wrapping around him the snake hasn't noticed him so he's just trying to imagine himself like small I'm so small that he hasn't even noticed that he's wrapped around me Okay. Because if I look behind, then he'll notice that he's wrapped around me. We can't have that. In your dream, you now notice that the, the coils of the snake are now also around your chest. And then, as you're doing your best to be invisible and small, the head comes into view. And while the rest of its body is serpentine, this face is like a pantomime of a human's face, but all stretched out, kind of like mooks the screen. And its tongue is made of three forks, and each one of them ends in a razor. And there is this black fluid dripping from their mouths. And then you wake up in a cold sweat on a small cot in a dark room. And there is this r- it's you're not sure where you are. There's really nothing else distinguishing about this room. It doesn't look like it's particularly well kept, but there's somebody sitting in the shadows across the room. Yes. Is Dilly like sick, I guess, from whatever hangover you might have from this? No, but you do feel like this, like you feel like as if you'd feel like after a fever break. Okay. Like you feel like you have been through hell and been sleeping. Okay. There. Dilly's gonna, I guess sit up and look around. I don't know has he noticed the shadow person? Yeah yes. Who are you? Who What do you want? I I can't fix it. I can't it's irreparable. You'll have to get better at lying if you're going to stay safe. What how would you know if I'm lying? I was the one hired to build it. Who are you? My name is Merrick, and what you should be saying is thank you. Thank you for killing the terrible lamprey beast that were about to eat me, that had poisoned me. Thanks for just showing up and saving the day and bringing me somewhere safe so that the rest didn't find me afterwards. So, you're not with the Nexos or any of them? No. No. Oh. But I've got to say, Dilly, if you're supposed to be judged by your enemies, uh, you've made some powerful ones tonight. I would not, uh, I wouldn't trade you your spot for anything. That's fair. These guys have long memories. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, I, uh, uh, well, then, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was so aggressive. I, As you know, I have a, I've had a long night. Yeah, I should say so. I almost didn't get to you in time. Why did you save me? That's wasn't really in a part of town that's known for empathy. Right place, right time. Right nearly dead body? I get around. Yeah. All right. Um, How how can I thank you? Because I probably ruined your sheets. Sorry. Uh, Well, they're not mine. Not sure whose it is. I'm sure they'll be home eventually. Oh, my God. This is yours? Oh, God. No, no, it's uh, somebody else. I waited till he left before we came in here. Better to get shelter that way when I know that he'd be gone for at least six hours. Okay. Uh, Dilly will I guess start getting out of bed and collecting his stuff. It's a fresh shirt for you on the table. Your old one is in pretty bad shape. The poison had started eating away past the, the sleeve and and when you do when he mentions the sleeve, if you look at your arm you see these thick welts. That they're healing, Mm -hmm. they're still like very ugly and sore and they're puffy. Oof. Thank you again. Put on a shirt. So, again, I feel like I owe you something for this. I don't have a whole lot of money at the moment. So, I don't imagine so. And at this point, kind of like looks up through the window and uh, he says, been a day and a half for you, really. So, uh, I have no doubt that Mino has already cleared out your place. Oh. Oh. Oh, you never met Mino, did you? I don't, but context clues, I imagine he's, uh, higher up in the Nixos? Yeah, I would say that. Um, you know, what you did took balls. Right. They've already got a bounty out of it. What? Oh. Uh. Okay. You know how to hide. I thought I did. Apparently, not super well. I can do this, and then I think Dilly will plop down, just like. Although I guess his minor illusion is kind of flicker at this point, but it looks mm. like it's trying to be a crate. Mm-hmm. I can. Oh, is a it- head. Yeah. Um. That is. Probably not the most helpful way to hide because you have to stay awake to do it. Right. Any suggestions? Yeah, I'll give you some free advice. You're not going to get anywhere without money. Cool. Uh, Any? uh... You don't really have any. You don't have your shop. So this is what I'll say to you. You've got options. You could go out there and try to steal it from somebody else. You could try to Make the money some other way, maybe risk getting spotted, or you do something more under the table, less likely to be spotted, but less risky. Sounds like you have something in mind. I'm fond of finding what's lost. Yeah, well, you did find me, so that's on brand for you. He reaches into his pocket and he stands up, and this guy's huge, like not like bulky, but very tall. Oof. And He reaches out with a piece of paper and he says, go here. It's not charity. They'll, they'll want you to work, but you'll get some shins, Mm -hmm. maybe enough to get yourself somewhere decent to hide, or at the very least, maybe, or maybe even better, maybe you'll find your way to get out of the city. That, that would be nice. That, I, my shop's gone, then that's all I really had. Um, Thank you. Um, What's on the piece of paper? It is a short map that leads about four blocks away and then down an alley. And then there's a circle there. Can I uh, gauge from this map how close I am to um, the Nixos' warehouse? You have no idea from where you are right now. I mean, the map is literally just up these four blocks. And... You don't know exactly where in the Lord of the Lost you are. Alright, well, thank you. Good luck, Dilly. Uh before... I'm just expecting to, like, turn around, and then you'll just be gone. But before you do that, how... That seems... That would be oddly cinematic and uh, a little cliche, don't you think? I... Honestly... What am I, just a plot one <laughs> <from you? laughs> I didn't say that. That wasn't me. I just, you could have your own book series of whatever. I don't know. But, um... How did you know my name? Just a quick question. He smiles at you Says so says, like, if you want to find something lost, you got to know what you're looking for in the first place. That wasn't helpful at all. <laughs> and and that's when you notice something. You're not sure when it happened, but this hooded figure is just a coat rack. You don't know when after the card happened what, what it was. It's just a hood over a coat rack. And you're alone in this room. Motherfucker. I fucking called it. Damn it. Dill's gonna take the coat. Yeah. It's a little big for you because he's so tall but the the hood is more spacious than Dilly's normal hood. Yeah and he'll put that on I guess try to as much as he can pull up the sides and throw the big hood on and then Mm -hmm. exit. Muttering just like fucking always with the mysterious types. Goddamn. (laughs) So you find yourself on this street in the Ward of the Lost. It's not an area you've been in before. Uh, Dilly will follow the map, keep him to the edge of the street, trying to be inconspicuous as he thinks that he is being. Okay. So Dilly goes, follows the map until he reaches the alley. And as he's going down the alley, you get to where you think the circle should be. And you see a very odd thing. There is a door in the wall of this alley. But it looks like the front door to like a residence. It even has some like pretty like sort of glass in a half circle at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in an alley. It's facing an alley, which doesn't make any sense. And you notice that there is a small placard of gray synth with this dull gray paint on it saying in block letters, Explorers Wanted, choir Within. That's all right. Let's be an explorer. Dill will go up and knock. So you knock on the door, and there's a few moments, and then the door opens, and you can hear this sort of crackling fire. And there's an elderly woman there. She's still about a foot taller than Dilly, And she looks at you and says, Oh, you look terrible. Looks like you've had a rough night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Batman sent me. I don't know. Batman? Sorry, weird, obscure story. Uh, guy who disappears after a ni- nice one-liner. Oh, him. Yeah. Him. So how can I help you? Um, I need money. I've been told this would be a decent place to find money. Or not charity, a job, I assume. Okay, okay. Well, why don't you come in and we can talk about it? come on in. And she kind of, as you're coming in, she kind of puts her hand on your shoulder and leads you in. She's like, uh, Dilly, correct? And, uh, come on in and have a seat. Son of a bitch. You too? Is that what Dilly <laughs> says? I, with his face, I don't think he'd say son of a bitch. But yeah, he would just be like, what? And she catches your expression and, uh, she just kind of smiles at you. Says, have a seat, Dilly. There's work aplenty for somebody who's interested in exploration. And that's where we'll end recession zero. Yay.